Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week we are welcoming one of the most inspirational people uh, I've had the pleasure to talk to. Um, his name is Josh Lajani, and I actually first heard of Josh listening to the fantastic Rich Roll podcast. And if you've never heard of that, you should like stop what you're doing right now and just listen to Rich Roll. <laughs> Cause he's awesome. But, uh, I remember being in the weight room in Danville, Virginia, listening to the story of this, uh, this guy from Louisiana who had gotten to the point where he was like 400 and some pounds and then deciding to make the change in his life and put in the consistent hard work, the incredibly hard work, um, to drop weight. And he became a vegan and he started running and just moving his body more and, you know, has built himself into a freaking athlete, man, <laughs> which is awesome. He's He's gone from 450 pounds to an ultra runner, which just blows my mind. So I heard about Josh then, um, which you should totally check out. So I'm going to give you the number. So it's Rich Roll Podcast number 63, I think was his uh, original appearance on the show. And then Rich had him back for episode 152. And like I said, he, he's gonna, he tells the story on those shows about his journey and why he made the decisions to change. And it's just one of the most inspirational things, uh, you can hear. And I got to give a huge shout out to Dr. Casey Johnson, from the Unlock Wellness podcast uh, because she sent me a very nice message um, about this show, which was super cool and very complimentary. So I was I was thrilled. Uh, and then she recommended Josh and kind of hooked us up and and uh, yeah, got got me in contact with him. So she she's played a huge part. And, you know, just a plug for her show. I was on episode number 53 of the Unlock Wellness Podcast, so you guys could check that out. That was a couple weeks ago. Um, and then Josh's episode there is episode number 35. And Casey's awesome. She does a great job. <laughs> I was like, you actually researched. This is awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely check that out. That's the Unlock Wellness Podcast. And you can hear both Josh and I on there. And then I think soon... Cross my fingers, she's going to have a very special guest, which is definitely one of our friends on this show. So uh, check that out. <coughs> Calvin Johansson. Um, sorry, just had a cough there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And Josh is amazing. Make sure you check out his website, which is joshlajani.com. So that's J O S H. L-A-J-A-U-N-I-E.com. And you can also find him on Instagram at Josh Lajani and Facebook also at Josh Lajani. And, you know, I just love him. Like he's, he's out there trying to help out as many people as possible with his story. And so this is, this one's for all the people. If you feel like you're stuck, you're stuck and you can't make a change in your life and you're just in the same routines, maybe you're not you're not just living up to your full potential, right? Like you're not feeling, you feel like you could be more healthy than you are or you could be accomplishing more than you are. Listen to Josh's story. 
listen to Josh's advice and just know, you know, man, you got a long life ahead of you. You can, you can make those changes. You just got to start right now and you got to keep, keep that momentum going on and on and on and doing those little things that, that are going to help you out. One day you'll wake up and you'll be, you'll be a changed person. So yeah, go out and get them. Make the change right now. Enjoy Josh. He's the man. Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on the show. All right, guys. Uh, today on the podcast, I have Josh Lajani and... I've heard him on a few podcasts. I heard him on Rich Roll and then actually Casey Johnson from the Unlock Wellness podcast sent me a message like a like a month ago and she was like you got to have him on your podcast. He's freaking amazing. So so yeah, man, welcome. I'm flattered. I love Dr. Casey. She was awesome. It was a very fun conversation we had. If you hadn't listened to that podcast, uh, you should. It was she. She had some good questions, and we just we just had a good uh, spirited conversation. I really enjoyed talking to her. Yeah, definitely. I was. I actually talked to her um, a couple of days ago, and I was joking with her. I'm like, it seems like you actually do some research, which is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man. So you you have such an inspirational story, and it's just in line with everything that we try to promote on this podcast because the whole point of of our podcast here is to spread goodness and to just you know help people out and inspire people and maybe maybe make it make it seem like even if you think you're kind of in a hopeless situation that there is hope and you can kind of turn your life around so so yeah man you want to share a bit about your story yeah that's exactly right like for the longest time in my life as a fat person right i thought being fit or be losing all of this extra weight I had on my body was just a pipe dream. It'll never happen. I would let myself fantasize about it and think about it um, and wish. I even used to daydream about like, like cutting all of it off with a knife. Like I would be able to hold my big fat belly with both arms and go, if I could just remove this. <laughs> You know, yeah. and and so so for my like most of my life, I've dreamed of that, and to to like stand here right now in the present as an almost forty year old man who has finally like I guess figured it out, right? I don't know any other way to put it, and um and to and just the answer is so simple when it comes to like its actual moving parts, like the, the actual inputs are super simple. Now implementing that and putting it into practices is a little more complicated because it's about, you know, eating a healthy human diet, biologically correct human diet. And it's about moving like a human, you know? Uh, and, and then, and then having the mindset of that human being someone who, who can think in the abstract and think about possibilities and, and, and plan and build community around ideas. That's what the human organism does, you know? And so to have been able to, I'm just feel super fortunate that I, I feel like the stars aligned at a certain like time in my life to help me get there. I don't feel like that I am anything special 
at all. As a matter of fact, I, I am very unspecial, which is the point, which is why I feel it's so important to pay it forward and tell the story. Because if I could truly convey to people how ordinary I am, then they may they may understand how doable it is for them too, even if they're 230 pounds overweight today. So I appreciate people like you who want to have me on and talk to me because I'm a total cluster and I'll never have a podcast or some sort of organized way to get the word out. The best thing I have is going for me as far as a platform goes is my Instagram feed, right? Yeah. And that's and that's only doable because it's like I do it on the fly, very organic and unfiltered and, you know, um, so to be able to have like meaningful conversation with other human beings about this that I know is going to, you know, your podcast goes to a certain group of people. Miss uh, Dr. Casey's podcast goes to another group of people. Rich Rolls goes to another group of people. A lot you know, more Howard, group of people. <laughs> right. Howard, Howard Jacobson's Plant Yourself podcast goes to another group of people. Like, And so to be able to disseminate a message that has basically saved my life, it's the least I can do to the universe, for the universe. And at the same time, it feels really good. It yeah. feels really good. So, so thank you for being interested in 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 um in what I have to say. So, so yeah, I, I'm just a I'm just a normal guy. I'm there's nothing special about me. I'm sitting in a pickup truck right now <laughs> that is completely loaded down with trash on the floor and and crap all over my 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 uh my dashboard because I, I work for a living. So I have receipts and invoices and envelopes and mail and bills to be paid and tools, uh, you know, and I'm it's seven 55 PM here, central time. I'm just getting home from the gym after work. I'm just an ordinary guy um, who yeah. lives in South Louisiana works and 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 does all of the South Louisiana things. Grew up doing all of the stereotypical coon ass shit you know you can think of, like drinking beer and killing animals and you know frying fish and cursing a lot and being fo being Saints fans, all of that stuff. Yeah, that's just me. I just happen to be a very unique one these days. A, a vegan coon ass is very <laughs> unique, and and um, so I would I would love to be able to. Uh, be a trailblazer for other people who don't even know they want to be plant-based yet they just know that they want to be healthy they want to lose weight they don't want to have heart disease and then they realize by uh talking to me or hearing what i have to say go oh shit okay yeah, maybe i should entertain this maybe there's a way to do it and just to be able to provide that that model or that template for a fellow kunas a fellow cajun to be able to just nestle up to the idea of potentially going plant-based is is a is a great service to my people and it's because of guys like you that i'm able to um that i'm able to get get my story out there so so you know it's fun it's fun to have these conversations and it's fun to be able to be able to talk to be able to talk to people like yourself yeah man well so you're you know you're talking about louisiana and just the south in general and i just have to imagine that area because i used to live in southern virginia and we were definitely in a town where there wasn't a lot of really healthy food options you know there was a lot of fast food a lot of pizza joints but there wasn't you know there wasn't a whole bunch of the healthy food options available unless you really like seeked it out so 
you know, how do you, how would you go about balancing that? I mean, you're still down in Louisiana. It's not like you're sure. in a big city, you know, where you have the vegan restaurants and all that stuff. Dude, you got to skip. Because even if you are in a place where there's tons of vegan restaurants, there's not a health, there's not a lot of health available in a vegan restaurant either. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's non animal foods there, but there's not a lot of, but you can still go very astray in a vegan restaurant if you're worried about losing the 230 pounds you have wrapped around your body, if you're worried about really loving yourself enough to avoid chronic disease or reverse chronic disease that you may already be in, be experiencing in your 30s or 40s or hell, even in your late 20s or 20s. I know, I know people that have heart disease very early on in their life, right? So, so to answer your question, grocery stores, dude, everywhere has a grocery store. Every town has a grocery store and every grocery store has a produce department and dried beans. And that's really all you need for life. That's what I'm talking about. That's why it's more about um, making the habit of, of eating whole plant foods as a mainstay in your diet, as opposed to so being, being quote unquote vegan. Right. Because I love them both. Don't get me wrong. It, being vegan is important to me. But but to be able to relate to people who are in locales like the one I exist in right now, it needs to be made. Ex it needs to be made extremely clear that to eat the way I eat, you don't need to. You could be in Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. And still have potatoes and greens and beans and broccoli and get some salsa and put on top of all of that and you might have trouble finding nutritional yeast but hell we got amazon on the phone these days so you can get some nooch if you need to right and um but but you know as far as those real those real specific uh unique items that might be harder to get to in a in a, in a small town but generally speaking it's not a big deal bro it's yeah. not a big deal um, steak restaurants are actually easier to eat something very healthy at than ironically a vegan restaurant for myself. Really? It's easier for, right. Because I can get spinach and potatoes, get all of the a la carte vegetables in big portions, right. At a steak restaurant. Whereas if I go to a vegan restaurant, if it's just the traditional, like, um, vegan restaurant that really wants to cater to your hyper palatable like to be able to really give you hyper palatable vegan food uh like burgers and fries and hot dogs and all of that type of stuff that you can veganize these days because yeah. there's tons of cheesecakes and all of that stuff right if i go to a vegan restaurant it'll be a lot harder for me to find something that's that's whole food sourced no oil that type of thing no no and 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 so in that light it's a lot easier to go to, say, a steak restaurant and eat a gigantic baked potato with a big thing of steamed broccoli and call it a day. Right? Yeah, man. Well, it's almost as if, like, you are just completely avoiding temptation because you know, you know, like, I'm going completely plant-based, so that's that's the new reality here. So the steaks on the menu, like, I'm not even going to see those. But if you go to a vegan restaurant and you're seeing all the vegan desserts, you know, then the temptation comes in, I have to imagine. The temptation comes in to eat garbage food. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and not that temptation's a bad thing. I really feel like putting yourself in those vulnerable spots and in those, uh, 
in those environments where temptation is strong, I feel like that's important overall uh, for you to like to really build your strength in your protocol in the way in your new lifestyle. Right. So if you're constantly avoiding temptation, then your new protocol is extremely fragile. Right. You're You're going to be. So for me, as a Cajun person, it, like right now, football season's just kicking off. We're going to open up the season. Our home opener is next weekend. So there's tons of tailgating, tons of all of that, the beer and the sausage and all of the stuff that I used to do that meant football, that meant Saints, that meant Sunday to me, um, are still going to be there, right? Yeah. And, and those neurological dog paths are beaten down. They're not going anywhere. Sausage still smells good. You know, all of that stuff still is 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 a positive things in my brain. However, I enjoy, if you want to put it this way, the challenge of being in those environments and not giving in and being able to abstain, not only for myself, not only because I think it'll it it will make my dietary protocol, my lifestyle more anti-fragile, right? Yeah. But also because I get to serve as an example to my brethren who are still chomping on the boudin and the sausage and, and the hamburgers who are still a couple of hundred pounds overweight and knocking on the door of potential uh, heart attack, if not just full blown heart disease, even though we can maintain that with pharmaceuticals. It's not so. So that double that dual purpose drives me to not seek. Uh, refuge from temptation, but to actually go out into it and and sort of try out my armor. Um, yeah, and, man. And, right, and, and so that 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 gets you around a lot of a lot of the stuff. So it's just a mindset switch. Instead of feeling defensive all the time, I'm going to go on the offense. I'm going to look for difficult situations so I can be an example to the people I love and care about and have known for all of my life. Wow. And I know what track they're on. We've seen cardiovascular disease t- take people's lives at a rate that that leads the country here in Louisiana. So going forward, I would like to be part of the solution, not part of that old way of being, but part of a new way of being that says, hey, Louisianans lives are important. They're so important that maybe it might be time to move away from the gratons, which is just fried pig fat and skin. Um and let's maybe move away from the gratons and maybe let's have like some uh, portobello mushroom wraps as a tailgate instead of gratons and sausage and, and, and um, boudin stuff like hog head cheese, all of that other stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so it's fun. It's fun. I look yeah. at it as a challenge, just like my running or anything else. I look at it as, as a, as sort of, you know, exploration or being of service or some, some being of service to my fellow man. So yeah, it, that taking taking it and couching it that way in my brain um, kind of takes all of the steam out of the temptation part and and the peer pressure part and all of that stuff. Yeah, man. And, uh, I love that. The I, building yeah. discipline is so it, it's so important. And, you know, once you build it in one area like your diet, it's going to bleed over into the other areas like you're working out or even your work or your family life. Just just because you understand how discipline works, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, and even more so than discipline, because if you really dig down into what discipline is and people who are actually able to um, implement that idea in their lives, it's really about self-respect and self-love and making the difficult decisions unemotionally, objectively, pragmatically, because I dig myself enough to make sure that I'm doing the right things, right? And and that's where discipline's doable. When it's just discipline without the self-love, where I'm disciplining myself because I'm an idiot and I deserve nothing more than discipline and punishment for not doing the thing, that's an untenable relationship with the self, yeah. right? I'm getting up every day with my hair on fire to get after that ass, whether it's running at the track or swimming at the pool, um... Because I love myself, that's a whole different ballgame than if I'm getting up and taking my punishment because I was an asshole and I ate too many cookies yesterday, right? And so we can get up and do things and kind of fake the funk and and, and physically force ourselves uh, into, into uh, not getting fat or something to that effect, but to just make it be able to, through, through you know, through sheer calorie burn and getting up and making it do what it do when it, when you're talking about getting exercise done. Um, but if you can melt the two together and, you know, in like in my life to where I, I really dig myself, I'm not waking up in the morning to punish myself for what I did yesterday. I'm waking up in the morning because I can't add, I cannot wait to add to what I've done yesterday. And that's a big, that's a huge difference in orientation to what most people think about when they think about movement and exercise and health and nutrition and mindset and all of that. Yeah, totally, man. I, I have to wake up at four in the morning to get my workout in because I have kids, you know, and I want to make sure I'm, you know, not taking, making, making the workout take time away from them. And it's the days that you just described the days where I wake up and I'm just, pumped at four in the morning to actually get out there into the cold air and, and start moving, you know, and, yep. and that those days are so much easier <laughs> just yes. in general. It's like, I get, I, I try to help. I'm helping people now, um, with some, with, with like some coaching stuff that I'm doing in tandem with, uh, with Howard Jacobson, who's really the lead in all of that. I'm just kind of like the guy who's been there before and he gets to bounce stuff off of me. It works. It's a good little relationship. But one of the big ones that like is I just don't feel like it. Like I it's hard for me to relate. Yeah. I, I was there at one point in my life, but now that I'm not there and, and especially right now because I'm injured and so I can't get up and go do my normal thing. It's just it's just like speaking a whole different language to me to try to go to where someone is that just can but don't feel like it. Yeah. And well, I'm the same thing as you. I'm a my alarm's at 3.45, you know what I mean? Oh, crap, dude. I have to set mine 15 minutes earlier so I can catch up. <laughs> yeah, I got hit news about five times. <laughs> um, how did you go from being the, like, going from the mindset of, I just don't feel like it, to where you are now? I mean, was it gradual? Was it right. sudden? Like, how did that happen? Was, right, I think it was gradual, my man. I think it was, it was, it was, uh... You know, you start dabbling in it um, when you want to lose weight, and everybody wants, everybody kind of does it at first, 
Otherwise, nobody would have, would have ever lost weight. Most of us go up and down, up and down, up and down. And so you, you, you sort of, you get into it because you start seeing some, some results, I think in the beginning that helps a lot. Um, and eventually uh, I just got to the point to where I was identifying with this new thing, being a runner. And I wanted that, um, I wanted that. And so instead of running from something, which I had done all of my life, I was trying to not be fat. And when I reoriented myself to, I want to be a runner, I want to be an athlete. And then I was chasing something rather than running from something. That was a huge step for me in the mindset department to really sort of, it, it really stopped being a chore and a drag so much. Right. And, and, um, and so that, that was a big part of it is, is, is really falling into the running community, the idea of running improvement, understanding splits and wanting to be faster in a 5k, 10k half marathon, like all of that stuff, you get wrapped up in it and you forget about not being fat. Yeah. You just, it just happens. Yeah, man. I, I, I have one of my best friends, he's lost like 90 pounds over the last year. And I remember I, I made him sign up for this race in the desert. And yeah. I remember the moment he called me and he wasn't worried about finishing the race anymore. And he started talking about like times he could get. And I'm like, dude, now you have the mindset, man. Now you're thinking like an athlete rather than just yeah. like a person running to to just do it or try to finish, you know? And I'm like, now you're going to finish for sure. <laughs> people, I think people are tentative to think of, them, think of themselves as athletes especially where when they're in the beginning and they're starting like with couch to 5k right because that's how i started there i started with couch 5k it was hard for me to think of myself as an athlete but i totally was an athlete because first of all i feel like the human the human being's default is athlete that is our default so modern society and some of the like the things that we have in our life today accidentally help accidentally gets us to drift away from that normal default. Um, but at the core of our essence, our human essence is a very athletic being. And so even if we're walk jogging and we're 400 pounds and we're just getting started, the sooner we can start to conceptualize ourselves, our me. You know, as soon as we can conceptualize ourselves as an athlete, yes, I may be 10 sec, 10 minutes a mile slower than the guys running on the Olympic in the Olympic marathon or whatever. However, when it comes to growth curve, I'm kicking all of their asses right now <laughs> because I'm taking big chunks off of all of my PRs. I'm losing weight. My growth curve is almost vertical. It's going straight up into the sky, right? Yeah. And so it I happened to me early on because I felt slow when I would finish like a 10K or 5K. And then I would start to think, yeah, but like I outweigh these dudes by 100 pounds. And so, yeah, yeah, they're technically in the, in the, in the gross. They're very much faster than I am. But when we want to start looking at the net 
and we want to start adding in the added difficulties that an obese person has in getting their athleticism ramped up or, or getting that athleticism sparked off and getting it to snowball, we kick a Kenyan's ass. <laughs> They're talking about little tiny increments yeah. of improvement. Yeah. We're taking giant t- chunks. So I, I like to tell people to, I like to encourage people to think of it in terms of, 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 of the growth curve, right? As we have a lot of, we have a lot of growing to do and we can take success and a lot bigger chunks than people who are tech, who might have six pack abs, you know? And so we got to find those silver linings and be able the sooner we can embrace our athleticism, the more we can start digging ourselves and being fans of ourselves um, in those pursuits. And man, that's the whole world. Then you stop running from something, start running towards something and you start feeling, and then you identify the people you wind up racing with at every race or training with. And like, and boom, you got a community around you. You're doing all of these, you put, you're making sure you're making sure that your inputs match what you want from your goals. Right. So if I'm being pragmatic and objective about all of this, all of the stuff that I read in Born to Run or Finding Ultra or Scott Jurek's book, I'm going to pragmatically, unemotionally implement these things into my uh, into my my goal attaining protocol or I'm just like faking myself out and just saying I want it like you need I need to actually learn about these new things and actually put them into practice judge the outcomes unemotionally and then let that dictate my future behavior which is how i got to be a plant-based runner yeah that's right? what i was gonna ask so you did that i mean you you started trying out these these different things i mean what kind of experiments did you do before fly, finding plant-based uh the big one because i'm a you know i'm a i'm a self-proclaimed grill master <laughs> and one hell of one hell of a cook the first one I did was, you know, go very low carb, yeah. um, you know, pretty much all meat, uh, and called it paleo. I don't think that's truly what, uh, the paleo diet is about. Um, paleo's got a lot of stuff, right? Um, if they could just swap the beans for the meat, boom. Yeah. Right. I mean, holy shit, that would be a perfect diet. <laughs> and so, so anyway, so that was step one for me was but that was even though it was the wrong step, it was a step away from the old way of doing stuff. And that sort of conditioned me to to experimentation. To OK, so so what happened? I did that. Cut out almost all the carbs I was eating. I would make these like it looked like sausage links. I would make these little like logs of turkey, ground turkey meat and fill up a, tur- a Tupperware dish with those things or or chicken uh, tenders and fill up a Tupperware dish with those things. And I would just eat those as much as I wanted wrapped in a romaine leaf. And that was how that was all I ate. That was it. That was it. Tons of water and, and ad limonum as far as as much Turkey and, and chicken breast as I wanted, as long as there was no carbohydrates, I could eat as much as I want. Yeah. And that's how, that's how I operated. Uh, How'd you feel? How'd you feel doing that? I felt awesome at first because I was losing weight just because the scale was moving. 
But after a little while, I'd say I lost about 60 pounds or so. There were issues, um, not to get too gross, but totally constipated. I yeah. got totally stopped up because you got to remember, I was a volume eater. So I was volume eating meat with zero carbohydrates, yep. losing weight. I was super excited because I'm losing weight and I'm eating as much as I want. Yeah. Um, and zero fiber, though. <laughs> zero fiber, brother. And yeah. So I, I was starting to have like all bullshit aside. I'm going to keep it real. I was having like some some hemorrhoid problems because pushing too hard, um, you know, and feeling groggy, feeling heavy and weighed down and bummed because, I mean, taking a shit feels good. It's nice, (laughs) right? And so when you don't get to do that regularly, it makes you grumpy and you don't feel like going for a run when you've got five pounds of crap in your Yeah, man, if that's not working, you're going to be grumpy. There's no way you can't be grumpy if that's not right. working. <laughs> right. So, so, and I remember very distinctly, I'm like going into Walgreens, buying some Metamucil and some Dulcolax because I'm, and it's like, and I'm having this issue completely secretively, right? Because yeah. who the hell am I going to talk? I'm like, <laughs> you don't talk about it, right? So, so, and as I'm buying this stuff and I'm like, wonder where Paleo Man got his Metamucil and Dulcolax, you know? And, yeah. and it just dawned on me, like, this cannot be Paleo Man's protocol. <laughs> there has to be some source of fiber, right? And so that was, like, the first thing that sort of clued me into the fact that, okay, there's more, like, this worked, I did loot worked, quote-unquote, because I lost weight, right? But, if I'm being objective, this is not this is not sustainable. Yeah. This is not long term. I'm not going to be taking Dulcolax and and buying hemorrhoids. But I mean, buying preparation age because my hemorrhoids are about to explode because I'm, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're like I can't imagine like you're feeling probably lighter, but you're not feeling healthier necessarily in that sense. Not even close. Yeah, not even close. And at that same time. I'm ha- I'm beginning to harbor running aspirations, right? And so that's not feeling really good because I'm going for runs and I know that you know you got five to eight pounds of waste in your gut, yeah. right? That just packed in there, and and so that's hard to go for a run like that, right? And um and so that was that was that was. That was the beginning. That, but that's the well I had been to over and over and over in my life. Uh, you know, that everybody does. I mean, back in the early '90s, it was it wasn't called paleo; it was called sugar busters. You know, we always went to meat and cut out, you know, the biscuits and the bread and everything that was perceived as a carbohydrate, right? And you go to the you go to the meat and and um and lose and lose some weight right and and so i had been doing that over and over and over and over and and so i came to uh that realization this time and because i think i was i was reading more because i was going back to school and i was a little bit more pragmatic a little bit more apt to like take new information and and not be so dogmatic about nutrition like i had been in my entire in my whole entire life but be able to go hey you know what and be realistic and say you know what none of this shit it's always worked quote unquote but
but I've never lost all the weight, A, and I've never been able to keep what weight I did yeah. lose off. Yeah. So, so that's when, not that, not that that brought me to plant-based at all. I was running. And, and, and so a friend of mine, because I was running, gifted me the book Born to Run. And that's, that's kind of where it started. So it's like a real tangential thing. Like I was doing this meat heavy paleo because I identified with barbecue and, and that's in deer hunting and doing all of that stuff I've done my whole life. And so it felt good. It was nice and comfortable to just eat all the meat and get rid of all the bread and crackers and all of the other stuff. And I can just eat my meat. That means I can have ribeyes. I could have two if I want. I can have, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. And so, so moving, moving forward, as I wanted to be a better runner, um, I didn't really know that that's what I needed to do. But this book called Born to Run, they ought to have some good shit in there about running, right? And so Born to Run did two things for me. Born to Run made running like, oh, that's why I like running. That's why I'm sort of innately driven to do it because that's like an essential human thing is not necessarily running, but yes, running, but more so bipedal locomotion. Yeah. That's how we travel. That's essentially human. That kangaroos hop and snakes slither and fish swim and birds fly. We walk on two legs. It's how we roll. So it makes good sense that it's a great way to use the human body and exert the human body. So I learned that in Born to Run. That was one. And so it made me feel really comfortable about this new pursuit of mine, running. And then the other thing I learned in Born to Run was about Scott Jurek and these gigantic feats that these the Tarumara were doing called Ultra Marathon. They didn't call it that. They just called it living. But but Scott Jurek did was a champion ultra marathoner and all of that. And I, I was like, wow, at that time I was worried about doing a half marathon, you know, and I learned about bad water and I'm like mind blown officially. <laughs> yeah. And right. Then, I have the same track. exact experience with that book, man. I think right. everyone should be required. It should be required reading. And it's a great book. It's like an adventure story. On oh, top it's of it such all. a painting book, right? Yeah. With bare head and all of it's just, it's just so awesome. And then the, 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 the uh, you know, um, uh, Micah and all of that whole situation and him being this mysterious character. It's just a really fun read. Yeah. Whether you're a runner or not, it's a fun read. It's a really cool book. And so, so uh, that, that really sort of introduced me to the idea that not necessarily veganism because I had already heard of that. I knew people who were vegan don't didn't really think they were awesome. Didn't want to be like them at all. They seemed kind of frail and kind of left wing and kind of like not my cup of tea. But this guy was doing this amazing stuff and and he explained just the same way that he talked about the running in the book. He talked about a plant-based diet in the book. Like so running is essentially human. And a plant-based diet is an essentially human way to eat, you know, and and, I, and it and it really made sense to me, although it was super scary to think about implementing it in my life, because that meant that meant that meant facing a huge and potentially changing a huge part of my identity, yeah. how I grew up, all the recipes that my grandfather taught me, all the cooking equipment that we have, 
all of the friends that expect us to cook the ribeyes and boil the crawfish and fry the speckled trout and do all of that. Right. So so I had to kind of come to grips with with because at first I was like, OK, yeah, that's the Scott Jerry guy is cool and all. But I don't know about all of that. But because I wanted to keep moving forward in this weight loss thing that I had never really completely figured out before in my life, I'd always sort of dabbled in it because I wanted it really bad and because I wanted to perform in this half marathon coming up, I figured I would give it a try as I trained for this race. And that was 2013. Um, and it, and, and so I started dabbling. I went, I went just, just vegetarian at first. Um, and so I was doing that thing. Uh, and it wasn't long. I read, I read born to run. Then I read Scott Jurek's book. Eat and run. Yep. Eat and run. Yep. That was my follow-up, and then I was totally intrigued by this ultra-marathoning concept. I had never heard of it before, so now I'm like, I want to know, dude, like, they really have other people doing this shit? <laughs> and so, so I started putting in ultra in my um, in my iPad to find another iBook that would be, you know, relevant to that topic, and, and finding ultra popped up, and that's where I learned about Scott, I mean, learned about Rich Roll. I read that book. And he resonated with me on a different uh, on a different wavelength. Like it, it resonated with me more so than Scott because Scott was like Scott was an athlete. Scott did a lot of stuff that I didn't uh, that I didn't identify with. You know, living in living in the mountains, cross country skiing, that type of thing. It was cool to hear about and read about, but I never experienced any of that not that i experienced swimming like 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 rich had but i had experienced my own version of high school and collegiate athletics and and with football and 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 had a failed college athletics experience like rich roll did and then after that era went into heavy drinking i did the same thing that he did felt it was like a real good social lubricant I got to be like feeling like a fun guy and all of that stuff and I really fell in love with the alcohol although I was never really addicted truly to alcohol like Rich was I was totally addicted to the food the food was t- in tandem with the alcohol I was it never was it was never difficult for me to 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 give up alcohol but anyway I, I digress I'm what I'm what I'm talking about here is is Rich's story really resonated with me in a way that Scott's did not. So it helped me take another step towards being vegan because in Rip's book, he talks about how he had he was, you know, circumventing the the real spirit of vegetarian or going plant based by uh by doing the cheese pizzas and yeah. as he's talking about that stuff i'm like oh shit i'm doing the same thing. <laughs> junk food vegan right and i was like okay 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 and so so i finished that book the book itself was a big education experience yeah. for me and get me oriented to 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 a more healthy sort of a vegan experience right and um and then and then following up that book with the rich roll podcast which is excellent that was yeah it's it's right it's so good man it's so phenomenal it's one of the best podcasts out there 
it's amazing. And he's such a great interviewer mm-hmm. and he has such amazing insights and just, and it's just when you're listening to that and I'm trying to recreate myself here as I'm listening to these podcasts and like, this is virgin territory for me. I've never even considered being an, 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 an endurance athlete a vegan. I'm a like coon ass football player. Yeah. Who kills deer and drinks whiskey <laughs> like and has a boat and does that thing. That's like so it was very alien to me. But I found myself really hanging on his every word and and really identifying with his um, with 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 the things he had to say and really being completely not only inspired by but in in but educated by the guests he had on. Like, I don't know what your favorite podcasts are, but I can tell you right now, Jeff Spencer's podcast interview, it's an old one, but Jeff Spencer talks about the championship blueprint on on the Rich Roll podcast. That was one of the most profound ones I ever heard. I'm writing it down. Um, I think I've heard that one. I'm trying to remember, though. It's an old one. Okay. But boy, it really helped me just be okay with chasing something really uh, special, yeah, as, as a way to create legacy, that was important. That was a big one for me. Like it made me feel okay about the amount of time I was putting into training. The the um, you know that 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 podcast was huge. And then you know Garth Davis. I learned about Garth Davis in that, and I loved his stuff. Uh, and John Joseph, because I'm a, you know, I'm from South Louisiana. Once I love Rich, but Rich is like a. He's a California, you know, like California guy. He drops F bombs every now and then, but it almost sounds weird coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Like that's not his comfort zone. Yeah. Right? But when I heard John Joseph, I was like, that's my boy. We could sit, he could go to the deer camp, ironically, and fit right in. Right? Yeah. Okay, there's John jo- John Joseph is able to package this message with a you know with a bunch of motherfuckers in there and, and I'm, I'm sorry you no go for it man no it's all and good so, but you know what I'm talking about and I was like that's my language yeah that's yeah. my language so so it made me it was just I just I was able to put another layer of okayness on this whole idea of veganism and being plant-based and, 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 and wrapping some manhood and some machismo around the idea. Like this is the right thing to do. Not I'm, I'm giving up and selling out and being some sort of, some sort of hippie. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I'm doing the right thing. Here's the facts. We're dying of heart disease. We're doing terrible bullshit that doesn't make any sense in mass to other animals for no real good reason other other than the fact that they that they that they're calorically dense so they taste good because they they drive dopamine production in the brain but ultimately we're torturing all of these animals to essentially give us heart attacks and soft dicks yeah that's what's happening yeah. That's what's happening. Erectile dysfunction. How is that being manly? Yeah. How is that being a man where you're dependent on statins and, and ED medication? Exactly. Well, or you're depending on just in general going to the pharmacy a few times a month because you're making I, yourself sick. Yeah. So, so like the 
the RRP and learning about a lot of those people, about a lot of those guests, really kind of pushed me over the hump. And and I got to the point where I was like, to hell with it. I, I then I, I, it's not. It's about something bigger, and especially in my state where so many people are dying of heart disease. So when I, so in this whole time, this whole like segment of time in my life. Not only was I listening to the Rich Roll podcast, but I had watched Forks Over Knives. I had watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. So I'm starting to really understand the health component. And once you watch Forks Over Knives, if you like me, you start drilling down into all of these doctors. So I'm watching TED Talks by all the doctors. I start buying Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, the China Study, all of those things that kind of came after um that came after forks over knives. And then, and then I realized how many people in my family have died of heart disease, completely avoidable. How many people in Louisiana die of heart disease every day, completely avoidable. How many people do I know that are on statins and blood pressure medication and, 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 and worried about heart attacks and how many funerals do we go to? I was like, Holy shit, this is all avoidable. So it gave me an, a completely different reason to really embrace and be a mouthpiece for this movement. And so later in 2013, um, so in other words, it was bigger than just being a better runner yeah. and being an athlete and losing the rest of my weight, which all happened. All of those happened as I adopted a, a biologically correct human diet yeah. and stuck with this biologically correct human mode of transportation, bipedalism. And so that, was really fun, but the biggest thing was when I when Rich Roll interviewed me in late 2013, was he sort of gave me that mandate to like, dude, put yourself out there. You need to tell your story. You need to especially like, and then it dawned on me, especially where I'm from, I need to be open about it. I don't need to just keep it a secret that this is what I did and I want to be embarrassed about that I'm a plant-based coon ass. Um, and when, if people just knew even if it, even if it saves like 0.1% of the people I know, yeah, it's worth it. It's Definitely. totally worth it. And, and so it, that talking to him that first time, having that first conversation really sort of drove me to come out from behind the curtain and say, Hey, here's me. Yeah. I'm Josh. You know, I'm, I am a vegan. I am 100% plant-based, and yes, here's some old photos of me killing <laughs> animals and you know being a deer hunting, and and so I came from there and I got here. You can too, and here's why: not because of the deer's feelings, per se, although that would be a good reason if you wanted to do it for the deer's feelings, um, but because you will avoid the chronic diseases that we have seen take. Man after man after man after man in our inner circle group of hunting buddies and camp characters and all of those types of things, right? Um, if we move away from eating that way and figure out a way to get engulfed by nature for different reason, rather yeah. than go get engulfed in the woods and be engulfed by nature to go get on a four-wheeler and kill animals and then fry them and eat them in a way that'll make us sick, why not go get engulfed by nature and run 100 miles or run 50 miles or run fucking one mile yeah. and 
and do some trail running and be involved with a community um, that is doing that. Right. And so so it just it just I just started to tweak how I thought about how I uh, connected with nature and that and that that helped a lot. And so it helped me to sort of also hone and hone like what I would like to tell the people who are where I was. Dude, you don't have to. There's lots of things that we can do to get healthier without giving up your identity, so to speak. And so that first rich interview really sort of inspired me because I was totally blown away that he would even have me on his show. Like I've been listening to this show yeah. with all of these famous people and then boom, I'm on it. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and so when he tells me what he thinks I ought to do, like I listen. Yeah. Because, heck yeah, man. Right. Cause this is, a, this a is, yeah, a mentor. And it's like someone you're looking up to, of course you're going to listen to that. And yeah, it's so awesome that you are, going out here and explaining the story. Cause I remember listening to the episode you were on and yeah, you're, I mean, you're, first of all, you're just like a really engaging speaker, which, which helps bring everybody in, you know, like right. you don't, you aren't, you're speaking at a, at, in a way where everybody's going to be able to understand you and get on board with your story, you know, and a lot of part of your story of your story is very relatable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I want to hear real quick because I, I heard on, on Casey's that you just finished uh, a 100 miler and I kind of want to hear about that right. uh, just a little bit, um, you know, just because the story, it's basically like couch to a 100 miler eventually, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, the, the 100 miler uh, was, it, it, uh, it was last year. So it, I just... Uh, I just had the one year anniversary of the hundred miler actually. Um, so that was September, 2016. Um, so I ran my first regular full marathon right after that first rich roll interview. And, and so I spent the year 2014 trying to do the marathon faster. And and then I did, I finished 2014 with a, with like a three forty eight in new york at new york city marathon which i was pumped about i broke four hours all of that and so the next thing to me was to do an ultra marathon um kind of got peer pressured into doing one in february 2015 with some friends of mine uh and and so i did that i didn't so i did my first 50k i was like wow that was brutal but it was really rewarding to get to get it behind me and and not only that but there's a special group of people around ultra marathons they're pretty they're pretty freaking phenomenal and it's pretty easy to just want to be around those people all the time and so after that first ultra i signed up for more and i did more and i signed up for 100k at the end of that year did 100k and then 2016 i did a 50 miler in january that i actually won nice and so i was like i was like man i'm doing decent at these at these ultras i really dig it um i feel like i'm making some progress hell i'm gonna try a hundred mile race i'm gonna do a hundred mile race and so that's what i did i I got i got uh i got a training plan together and i started i trained all through the summer 2016 doing gigantic weeks for me um and had a few hundred mile weeks in there and stuff like that and september came around 
and I did my first hundred mile race. It was a, uh, it was in Florida, uh, in the Panhandle and around Pensacola. So it was really warm. Um, but the goal was to do it in under 24 hours. I thought that was a good first hundred miles, especially it's a flat hundred miler. So nothing extraordinary as far as elevation is concerned or, or, or gain is concerned. And so, I was like, I, could, I should be able to break 24 hours. And that was the goal. And it, it got sketchy around mile 80. I didn't know if we were going to be able to do sub 24 because I was really kind of coming apart. But my pacers helped me mentally and also um, physically. Made, I, we realized that I wasn't, I was kind of calorie depleted. And so we corrected that, got my mindset corrected a little bit. And wound up being able to make a pretty good charge in the last 10 miles from, say, 90 to 100. And wound up actually getting in under 23. Nice. At, uh, 20, yeah, 22.45. Wow. And we're really good. Like, my last mile was my fastest mile of the whole 100-mile <laughs> race. And so I, I, I was really pumped about it. Um, and, and, yeah, that was it. That was, And I want to do more. I want to yeah. do more. But right now... After the 100-mile race, I wanted to go back to the marathon because I, I felt like I had unfinished business there. I wanted to Boston qualify. I felt like I, I've never heard of anyone who's been, you know, 420 pounds. Who's I've heard of a lot of people who've lost weight, but no one who's, like, gone to what I would consider almost marathoning elite Yeah. Uh, by being a Boston qualified marathoner. And so that became something for me that I wanted to chase after the 100-miler. And I'm going to tell you, man, it's been difficult trying to speed up and run that fast for that long. Um, you know, especially as a big guy, I've lost a bunch of weight, but I'm still, you know, 6'3", 6'4", 190 pounds when I'm really heavy into my training. That's about as small as I've ever gotten is like 187. Um, and so... So that's where I am right now. I'm dealing and, you know, um, I've, I've, I've made a couple of stabs. Well, I've made one stab at Boston qualifying um, and in May. And uh, I've really sort of been I injured myself in that race. And I've been sort of trying to get back since then. Um, and so but that in itself is I'm I'm starting to see the recovery and in, in healing is is just like another ultra marathon to yeah. me it's like this it's like this thing that sucks that doesn't seem like it'll ever you know be over with and like it's like mile 80 right now in my recovery process and so it's forcing me to find other coping mechanisms um than running because i don't have my running right now yeah you know? so, so how, are you, how are you coping man because i kind of dealt with the same thing this summer where i'd have to take you know, first a, month, of all, a month off of running yeah. or something. Right. First of all, um, I'm struggling. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, that's, that's it. Right. And you gotta, you gotta own it. You have to own it. You have to be present for the struggle. You have to, um, you have to recognize the struggle struggle and not, not ignore it. Understand that it's difficult. Understand that it sucks. Understand that it's going to bring you to deep, dark, cavernous places inside your psyche and rehash old self-doubting habits about yourself and all of that stuff. Uh, but you need to be able to feel it 
sit with it, understand it, and not let it metastasize like it used to. Um, and then um, worry about experimenting in other areas of your life. So I've been doing things like experimenting with the intermittent fasting, which is something that's very difficult to do when you're running 70 to 100 mile weeks. <laughs> yeah. You kind of need all of the food. Yeah. Um, so, so I've been able to experiment with fasting and uh, dabble in, in um, meditation. Um, and right now, now that my body's starting to feel physically able to like do some stuff, uh, I'm, I'm picking up swimming, right? Yeah. I'm totally inspired by Rich's uh, uh, last rate, that race he just did. Oh, with, dude, that's with, so crazy. The, the, holy shit. The swim run. Right. Oh, my God. So now, like, in the back of my head, like, I'm, I'm entertaining. I was looking at swim run, the swim run calendar today. Yeah. To find how many swim run events are in the in, in the u.s right yeah and there's and one so, in north carolina right isn't that one of the I, big ones yep and so 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 i'm like okay i can't run right now but i could start getting myself ready for swimming if i could see that as something on the horizon that i'm i'd like to do so it's it's just about and i and i, and I posted about this the other day um back when i was in in business school um one of my teachers gave us a required reading of, uh, uh, of who moved my cheese. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that book or if you've ever read it. So it's a very quick read. It's a very small book, but man, it's beautiful. And that concept has worked. It works really good for me because that's all that's happened right now is, is essentially these mice have their cheese put in the same place in this maze every day. And then one day they come in and the cheese is gone. One mouse sits there in the same room and starts digging holes and digging through the walls and looking in the ceiling for the cheese. Whereas the other ones like start scurrying and venturing out in other areas to find the cheese. The other one thinks the cheese should be there. It always has been there. Why is it not still here? And the other one has laced up his shoes every day and scurries out looking for it. Yeah. And that's where I find myself today is I'm that mouse who's lacing up every day and looking for my cheese in a different place because they moved it. It's no longer in my running for me right now. So the cheese has been moved temporarily, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now I'm trying to find it in other in other places. Uh, I'm not going to just sit and fester and moan and and bellyache about not having it right where I want it. Yeah. And so, so that's, that's sort of, that's sort of, uh, where I am today is, is trying to, trying to get my, my, uh, get my body ready to do some swimming. So when I get back to, first of all, I think it's going to help me be a better runner and, and then I'll get back to running and do some of my running goals that I have. But also understand, I'm gonna. I want. I do want to do one of these swim Dude, run me things. Me too. I think yeah, it's so freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let, yeah, man. Let's wrap up there, and I think. Yeah, for sure. That's. I love that, dude. I love the who moved your cheese thing because you know you think about the mouse sitting there in the room just digging. It's kind of like if you just were injured and you just kept running and you just kept doing the thing that injured you, and that's not right, a wise move trying. either. Right. You keep trying it. You keep yeah. trying it. And that's where I've been for three months, man. I was doing that. 
I was, yeah. I would, get, I would feel better, feel better, feel better. Go try to run, completely get reset back to where I was. Yeah. I did that three times since I got back from Liverpool, which is where my race was, and and um and I keep setting myself back, and yeah. so I'm, I'm swimming is gonna provide me with an avenue to really sort of let this let let my drive to be something go to let it let it kind of have its head to use a horse term to use you know let let it ha- let my desire for athleticism have its head and we're going to follow it into the swimming thing yeah. and kind of let the running thing heal let yep. it let it do its thing <laughs> and and so that that's um just like my mom told me this just like I'm trying to provide she's like people watched you with changing your food people have watched you become a runner and become an ultra marathoner people are watching you deal with injury right now yep i was like yes you're exactly right mom and she's like and she's like so approach it with the same sort of mentality that you've approached ultra marathoning understand that you're going to make yourself better and understand that you're going to be sort of a trailblazer for people who are coming from where you were i was like and so that all of that stuff put together helps me have a better mindset um moving forward you know what i mean yeah man yeah dude thank you so much for coming on josh this was awesome uh i for sure want to do a swim run too in the future so i will i'll be in contact (laughs) about that let's do the damn thing (laughs) i think we should do i think we should do a plant-based ragnar somewhere all right um that would be awesome too. Like we could get a bunch of like plant-based guys together. I know that. I know so full disclosure, yeah. I've done plant-based in the past and I have, I'm not right now currently, but oh, you're, com- okay. you're totally convincing me to do it. So I, <laughs> and I know, and I know in the past I've felt so amazing, you know, but it's one of those things where you kind of, if you fall off, like you fall off a little bit just gradually. And then, and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, I should go back to that. So Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> cool deal, brother. All right, man. It was good to talk to you. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll catch up sometime in the future. Stay in touch, my man. All right. We'll do something. Yeah. See you, man. And that wraps up this week's episode of Like a Bigfoot podcast. Thank you so much, Josh. Uh, keep spreading that message. Keep challenging yourself. Keep doing awesome things. Keep helping out everybody that hears your story because I guarantee you you're helping more people than you can even possibly imagine just by like for every one person that sends you a message I guarantee you're helping at least 10 people more which is so cool so keep that up you're a huge inspiration um after I recorded this a couple weeks ago so after talking with Josh I've definitely focused more on my diet and uh kind of attribute that to uh, success in a recent 50k because the last week and a half I was really able to eat a clean plant-based healthy diet and it's it helped it helped a lot I did I did great on in my opinion what was not as much training as I'm used to so so thank you Josh Uh, if you guys enjoyed that episode you can check out all of our episodes uh, wherever you find podcasts just type in like a bigfoot uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, all those, all those fun podcasting apps, uh, as well. (laughs) Um, if you're on iTunes and you want to be super duper nice and leave us a review, um, that would be much appreciated. So, cause that helps us out here at the show. Um, 
Uh, a couple of shout outs this week. First of all, Dr. Casey Johnson at the Unlock Wellness Podcast for connecting me with Josh. Um, super cool. I could just listen to him talk for hours and hours and hours um, and be very entertained and then also be very inspired and learn learn quite a bit. So make sure you go on and check out her episode with Josh. He definitely gives a little more of his background story in that one. So it's episode 35 of Unlock Wellness. Um, and then the other big shout out, which I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. It's a big feat. <laughs> it's this week's big feat. <laughs> um, Scott Stark, who was on this show for the uh, the episode we did about hiking your first fourteener, um, <laughs> I got him to sign up for his very first fifty k about a week out from the race, and he kicked complete butt. Uh, I believe he got 11th place, which is blows my mind and just did a great job. So Scott, you're the man you inspire me. And, uh, thank you for giving me a place to sleep the night before the race <laughs> and for pushing me in that race, man. Cause I was like, Oh yeah. Like I want Scott to know, like you can finish this race and not be completely destroyed. So in the moments during the race, which will, I'm planning on getting Scott to come on. We're going to do a Bigfoot sighting sometime soon, which sounds weird. If you don't know what that is, it's where we have previous guests come back on for like 15, 20 minute segments. So plan is to have him come on and talk about his experience running his first ultra. And we will definitely talk about all the adversity that we faced in that race, especially the second half when it just dumped rain on us. And we were both completely drenched in probably 38 degrees, 40 degree weather, ice skating, like literally ice skating down these dirt trails. So, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Go out and do something hard. <laughs> Go out and sign up for something that challenges you. And I guarantee you, you're going to come away with a huge smile on your face. Um, also, if you were inspired by Josh's story today, please check out his website at joshlajani.com. Follow him on Instagram. He's always putting up these great, uh, these great Instagram stories that are very inspiring. And yeah, he has a YouTube channel too. So just Josh Lajani, J O S H L A J A U N I E. Check him out. He, I promise you, you will be inspired by him. All right, guys, that wraps it up for the show this week. And uh, yeah, thank you. Oh, I forgot to say this. It's been a year. It's been past a year at this point, but we've passed our one year anniversary for the podcast. And I'm proud to say we've put one out every single week for a whole year because I keep preaching this message of consistency and I feel like I need to live up to the name of it. So to everybody out there who's listened before, or if you're a new listener, like, thank you, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, this has been a blast. It's allowed me to talk to such cool, amazing inspiring people and yeah i i just have been loving it so thank you guys for listening thank you for all the support i really 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 super appreciate it and uh yeah we're, we're gonna keep this puppy rolling so so yeah we'll get back at you next week and uh go out and get it this week